Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is John Arthur Long, and we'll be talking about his news creation, Dragula, a Transgender Trail, Tale. Dragula is a tale filled with sensitivity to personal struggle, raucous humor, and musical entertainment. Peter, a vulnerable young man, makes the decision to transition, becoming the gender and human being he was meant to be. However, the right Reverend Bobby Swagger is determined to prove by whatever means necessary that Peter's lifestyle and entertainment choices of drag performer Dragula are sinful and wrong. Finally, Peter finds the courage to take an uncompromising stand against bigotry, proving that it's all right to be true to yourself, no matter what lifestyle you choose. John Arthur Long has pursued a professional writing career that has resulted in several successful published novel, novels, as well as being, an active, being active as a voiceover artist and audiobook narrator. Mr. Long performed as narrator for the Blackstone Distributed Audiobook edition of his recently published novel, The Mean, which received the honor of being nominated in the Best Author, Narrator, and Mystery categories for the 2017 Royce Arts Awards and for the Best Audio Drama category of the 2018 Audio Awards. Uh, you can find out more by visiting John's website, which is johnarthurlong.com, or you can also visit the website Dragula, a transgender tale.com. Okay, with that, I'd like to welcome John to the show. Good day, John. Hi, how are you? I'm glad to be here, Robert, on bringing inspiration to Earth. <laughs> I also want to thank, thank Sherry Rosen of Sherry Rosen Publicity for putting us together. I know. She's a, she is really special. <laughs> I really like Sherry. Some of my favorite guests have come from, from her um, referral. So, yeah, thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, now, and, and actually speaking of Sherry, when, when, we, when she contacted me and was talking about having you as a guest, she wanted to be upfront and, and very um, straightforward about the fact that you're not transgender. Um, this is a, a creation of yours, Dragula, the transgender tale, but that you are not transgender. So uh, she felt that it was really important, you know, to, get, to be upfront about that. And, and um, and I just wanted to be upfront with our listeners too that that's the case. So, with that in mind, why, why, why did you create this uh, particular? Um, I don't. What, what do you call it? Is, is it? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a play or it's a stage entertainment. Um, what, how, how would you describe 
Dragula. I think the best way to describe it is to explain how this all got started. Um, I have not only been active in theater my whole life, and I've been very lucky. I've had a successful publishing career also, but I've also been an educator. I, I think I've, I feel like I've had a, a triple, hit, triple hit win in life, you know? I've had a, a wonderful family with children and a wife, and I've been able to do a public service of being an educator for many, many years in English, teaching high school English and creative writing. But I also was early, I had early success with publishing also. And I've been active in theater, so I've been a very lucky person. Anyway, this all started because we were sitting in the office uh, at my high school talking about an article we had read in the Village Voice about a hate crime that had been committed. And Ted Castrinos and I, who have worked with theater and were teaching together and have worked on other projects in theater. Ted had a theater here in New York for a while, and he produced one of my children's theater productions. In any case, he, you know, we're looking at it and he's saying, why? Why can't people just learn to live with each other and get along together? You know, this is, this is horrific, and it, it just keeps happening. Why, you know, and one of our colleagues, Courtney Palazzo, I want to mention her name because she came up with this. She's sitting there and she said, well, you know, Ted, you and John do theater and John writes stuff. Why don't you make a statement about this if you feel so strongly about it? And Ted and I looked at each other and he said, you know what? Maybe we will. And that was sort of the key that started the whole thing rolling in terms of being part of public that wants to make a stand saying, could we all please be tolerant of each other? And that was sort of the core that got it all started. And I'm, I have a tendency to go on and on, so jump in at any time. That's right. No, we, no, no, no. no that's interesting. <laughs> okay. We decided that we would do it as a theatrical musical because we had both worked in theater and music and uh, we thought it would be a good way to do it. So now here was our problem. And we, we sat and we worked at this. This was not, I want to say right from the beginning here that this, even though John Arthur Long is on the audio book, there have been a plethora of people who have contributed to this and I owe and Ted Castrinos and I owe tremendously because once we started the project, Many, many, many people jumped on board saying, you know what, this is really important, we're in. And I, I just can't express my thanks to all of these people who contributed enough. First of all, Ted and I, for many, many nights, worked on the basic script idea and the music. And we knew that we wanted it to be entertaining. We knew we wanted it to be very humorous, to bring an audience in, a la kind of... Uh, like a Broadway show that had some humor and some interesting fun music and all. But we also were writing a line here because we also wanted it to be sensitive and as empathetic as possible to people who've had to struggle because of their life choices that they feel, not that they feel, their life choices that they must make. I, I just want to say something about our uh, a little political, I know, but our Supreme Court nominee said, <laughs> you know, when she was referring to the LGBTQIA situation, she said, well, that's their life preference. No, it is not a preference. That term is inappropriate. These people are living lives that they feel they must follow from an inner being and an inner core. And 
Well, you know what kind of a society we live in. We have a lot of problems in agreeing with each other. And so that was really the impetus behind this. How do we do the humor and how do we do the entertainment, but still remain empathetic and get our point across that it's tolerance for all that's very, very important. So we put it all together and... I've had a lot of pay-it-forward situations here as a teacher where students that I've worked with all throughout the years have sort of become involved and helped me with many of my processes. And I I took this idea to a, a drama student I'd had years ago named Kirk Goskowski, and he and his fiancée, Christina Perry, have a theater in New York called the Chain Theater. And I said, Kirk, how do you feel about doing some readings here that, uh, this, that Ted and I put together and seeing how this all worked out and how it went? He said, great idea. Let's do it. So we did a couple of dramatic readings for, as a matter of fact, once he advertised it, we had sold out crowds. And we involved all the, the cast members were all people from the LGBTQIA movement. And we did public dramatic readings with the music and the script for an audience to find out if it was working or not you know and i can't stay i can't state strongly enough that you just don't know until you put it in front of an <laughs> audience and get an audience response <laughs> i am we immediately understood why people do tryouts in other cities before they bring it into new york because as a matter of fact, when, when they finished, I turned to my wife and I said, so what do you think? And she said, too many sex jokes, John. I said, okay, okay. <laughs> so, And we learned a tremendous amount because we made little notes of when they responded, when they didn't respond. Mm. And one of the things we decided was it, it was we had the humor, we had the jokes, the audience was really responding and laughing, but we needed to make it more empathetic. So I went back to the drawing board mm. and we rewrote it again. And then we did it once again as a public performance to another sold-out audience. And we used an entirely different cast of LGBTQIA plus people, and it went pretty well, and we felt, okay, we're getting closer. And we felt that it was time for pre-production. Okay, should I continue, or you want to jump in here? Oh, please do, yeah. Okay. This whole process is something that I'm not familiar with. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We're ready for pre-production, and COVID enters the picture, and all of theater has closed in New York. So I said, uh, well, "Well, we'll just wait this out for a year or two. And I was—I'd been thinking about the, the empathy and creating more depth to the characters. So I talked to Ted Castrinos and I said, Ted, I think I'm going to do this. I've written a couple of fiction books. I think I'm going to do this as a book so I can really go inside the character's head and, and get that empathetic feelings and the, the kind of torturous torment that people mm-hmm. have experienced in having to go through this, this need, this way of life that they must pursue and he said, John, you know, go ahead, please. So then I started writing <clears throat> the fiction book with interspersed chapters within the mind of the person who is going through the transgender experience. And I've talked to a lot mm-hmm. of people, and I explained I, I am a person who wants to convey the importance of this and to try to make it as authentic as I possibly can along with the entertainment. And then I went to another student. <laughs> I have been very lucky. 
Kentucky. His name is Roy Yokelson, and he's an engineer. He's a top engineer here in New York City. He's got a couple of Emmys, did some Woody Allen movies. But Roy, years ago, and I won't say how many years ago, was my student. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I went to Roy, and I said, Roy, I think I'd like to do audiobooks. Uh, I, I, you know, it's an opportunity for me now that I've retired. And he said, John, great. And Roy had done some recordings for my daughter, who is an opera singer, Dana Zenobi. She's a very good opera singer. And so I had worked with him in recordings, and we said, okay, let's go. And we did my school book, The uh, the Mean, and then we did The Tooth Fairy Legend, uh, a children's theater uh, story about the tooth fairy and spreading kindness. And he said, okay, if you're ready for Dragula Transgender, so am I. <laughs> let's do it. And we took all... <laughs> All wow. of the readings. This is this is how Roy. Roy, he's a, a engineering audio genius. He took all of the readings and stripped the audio off of the video section of it, and then interspersed mm-hmm. that under my narration. And then we got the man who did all the music. He's a, a tri-state composer and arranger here was really a talented guy, Rich Iacona. I want to make sure I mention Rich Iacona's name because he did all the arranging of the music. And I went into the studio with Rich and some musicians and we recorded some of the also the songs and some of the interspersed music. And then I took all of this to Roy and he, with his sound engineer techniques, put it all together, and that's how we created the audio musical book, Dragula, A Transgender Tale. Okay, that's how it all happened. <laughs> I know, wow. a long explanation, <laughs> but that's that's basically no, how it all came no. into being. I I appreciate that. I mean, you covered several of my questions <laughs> within that, uh, which is which is great. But you know, those are the you know the the, the process that you went through, or you know, I. I Sometimes think people don't recognize just how much work goes behind, you know, the creative process, you know, and, you know, from what you just described is that, I mean, you drew from so many different resources to be able, you know, to pull it together. And, you know, and it's one of those things where I think that, um, you know, if people are trying to, um, create a project such as this or, or, or just any kind of project just to recognize just the importance of having other people, other resources to draw from. And, and lucky you being a, a teacher with some very um, thoughtful students to be able to, to help you um, with that. So, um, so anyway, yeah, time of COVID, heck of a time to, um, to have something kind of drop. Uh, so now is this, uh, do you, plan on having an after covid show um yes we're we're hoping we can put it all together uh everything has just come to a halt and no one knows what the future of theater is the independent the small independent theaters here in new york are in very desperate shape because it's it's been now eight or nine months, and you you know what rent in New York is like, and no one is sort of making a decision as to what's going to happen. You know, we we have a couple of them who have already closed and and aren't going to be able to come back, and many others are hanging on with month after month after month of rent due and no income. And there just has been no decision. It's sort of out in limbo land there. 
where the landlords and the, the officials in the state, no one has made, a, and it's not just the, the small theaters, it's also the small comedy clubs, the entertainment venues for musicians. You know, everybody is in this kind of limbo category, and we're not sure how it's all going to work out in the end. And I have such feeling and empathy for all of these artists who are experiencing right. very traumatic times now. I know that's not it, that it doesn't have anything to do with the book, but it's serious. Well, no, but it's, it is, it is, you know, and this is just about the life we're living now, you know, and it's um, right. I think it's just important for people just to recognize kind of where we're at, you know, and and like you say, you said a couple of times, recognize the the challenges that other people are going through with with having their their livelihood kind of ripped away. Um, and then, you know, it, like you said, you know, rents in New York aren't, aren't cheap at all, you know, and so it's, it has to be very, both of us struggle. And, you know, and, and you're dealing with artists, you know, and artists, um, when it comes time to, you know, bringing in, you know, sustenance, you know, that, that they have to perform or they have to, you know, partake in whatever their art is. And, um, you know, and that usually involves venues, and uh, yeah, it, it's a challenging time. So, right, Dragula. Why, yeah. So why why Dragula? I mean, Dragula, the drag um, enter, um, entertainer. Well, we we decided that we needed we needed basic humor to get this thing entertaining, and so we okay. created the basic the basic idea that this persona, this person would run a nightclub in New York. And that nightclub, mm-hmm. in fact, the MC Renard sets in the opening scene, he said, here's the place where you are all welcome. Everyone is welcome here. This is the idea. He does a little faux French accent. <laughs> and he says, I don't care. Everyone LGBTQIA and whatever. Here is one place where you are all welcome to come and enjoy. So that was the concept that we created with this nightclub that would be in New York. And many of them were performing in drag. And the main character who owned the club and is going through his inner transition into her inner transition is Peter, and he performs as the persona Dragula and runs the club and is the star. And it is the right Reverend Bobby Swagger our antagonist, (laughs) who feels that it is all not normal and sinful, and he will put a stop to this abnormality. And so that's our conflict between antagonist and protagonist. And we used all, well, we we are fans of Shakespeare, so we used all sorts of Shakespearean puns and various, uh, just to give you one example here, uh, the right Reverend Swagger to find out what he should do goes to a fortune teller. And instead of it being, as in Macbeth, the three witches and Hecate, it's the three bitches and tailgate. So you get some (laughs) idea of the kind of humor we were using Uh to get through. Uh, At one point, they meet this mounted patrolman in New York whose name is Dick Lacey, and he has a – his horse is named Hair Trigger. So we use those kinds of puns and humor to keep the whole story rolling and get some laughs and some – we even used uh, some Shakespearean disguises. We we pulled from everything. (laughs) We have have one of the characters disguising – uh, herself as Dragula, and then we did a little uh, Marx Brothers Duck Soup things, where in the theater at the at the 
makeup table, there's a mirror, and we remove the mirror and have the two of them facing each other and do a little stick there as as the Marx Brothers did in that movie. So we, we took from everywhere to get as many laughs as we could find. And it all worked pretty yeah. well. We got a lot of laughs from the audience. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, people appreciate that. And, you know, and so, you know, when you were talking about the, you know, balancing the story with and having to do bring in the empathy aspect. Right. Um, one, of, one of the things that, um, you know, when, when Sherry first came to me with it and, and what it was, I kind of laughed. I thought, okay, well, this, this is different. <laughs> I can certainly say I have never had someone talking on my show in 11 years <laughs> with this particular topic. So, right. Um, but, but, you know, one of the things that I wondered is, is you know, how – um, and I understand the idea with to bring in the humor, um, but with the um, LGBTQIA uh, folks, um, how do uh, see what I'm trying? I, I didn't. I'm sure the idea was, was not to feed into stereotypes. You know, I mean, no, it the, wasn't at all. In other words, yeah. how did we convey the empathy through the theatrical and through the audiobook pr- yeah. work? That was one of the elements that really, this is fortuitous that this happened because I had not envisioned the audio book, but when the stoppage of the theater occurred and we decided to do the audio book and I went back to the page again, I, I, it was almost like these, these little explosive things in my mind creatively as I was working, like, oh, this is a wonderful opportunity to even show more depth into the struggle and the feelings and and the the kind of the way this person has been treated by society and illustrate it and one of the transitions we made in the in the the dramatic thrust of it and this is a kind of a traumatic moment was we decided to include the hate crime at the end of act 1 where this person is attacked for being what he or she, what he and she are. I, I know I work very hard to make sure I get the pronouns correct here because it's a sensitive, sensitive <laughs> subject. But that allowed us to really illustrate it because his sister, her, his her sister comes in and says, you know, why, why do you see this? Do you see what you have to go through? I'm so worried. Why do you have to make this this kind of a choice? And the character looks at her with tears and says, you think I have a choice here? He says, there is no choice. This is not my choice. This is me. And it allowed us to really convey that that kind of just really emotional feelings and torment that is experienced. And Ted Castrinos' son, George Castrinos, who is a very good writer of melody music, put together a song for that particular section called Choices, where the actor and I, I made a video of this uh, and put it on YouTube. And as a matter of fact, people can reference, we have five or six videos of the Dracula transgender tale on YouTube that they could look at, where I explained some of these reasons for its being and how it was created. And that song allowed the performer to really illustrate the, with the lyrics, you know, the, the feelings and the emotion that, that there is, this isn't a matter of choice. This is a matter of being true to your being and what you are. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, you know, that was, uh, like I said, when, when she first approached me, that was my, my gut reaction was, Hmm, 
you know, because I just, I, I was just hoping, I, I, knowing Sherry, that she wouldn't be connected with anybody with a, with a project that would be, you know, I mean, that, it would be something that I would certainly be interested in. So, I mean, it was, for them, to well, me, let was, me just it, say, it, yeah, let me just say about Sherry, when, when I first sent this to her, she said, wait, what is this? <laughs> because she had done my other work <laughs> as a publicist. And then she listened to it and she said, she called me back after she had listened to it. And she said, John, I'm in. You know, she said, I see what's happening here and I see the message here and I will do whatever I can to help you promote this. Um, It's a a very fine line between making sure that it's entertaining and also making sure that it conveys that tolerance for all, we are all equal, please, kind of message. And we knew that. We have have ridden that line very, very carefully. And that's why the readings helped, to go before the public because it allowed us to see what was working and what needed to be. We we have to be a little more empathetic in this scene, you know, and yet we we need to keep entertaining them in a kind of a, I I use a Tootsie kind of example here, where it was humor but yet had some empathetic moments to it. However, I should say that we live in a different time now, and as entertaining as Tootsie was when it was produced as a movie it (laughs) it didn't make it on broadway for years and years and even though it was a terrific show it is still a male taking a job away from a female by impersonating a female and you know there was a negative reaction to that so we knew we had to walk a, a really careful empathetic line here and Hopefully, and only people who listen to the audiobook will be able to judge this, but hopefully we were able to pull that off we 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 did little jokes and then we had a, you know a sincere moment and then a couple of more so i don't know you know we'll we'll see what the reaction is, but I think <laughs> we're getting closer now we're not in production yet, so you know this has changed tremendously just over the last few years as we've done edition after edition. So we will get closer in production yeah. because actors will be involved and they will give their own input. You know, yeah. I, I should, yeah. I, I should mention here, and I, I don't want to mention the name because it might embarrass him, her, but we had a performer in the, in one of the casts who came up to me and we were doing this and he said, could I, could I talk to you for a minute? And I said, uh, sure, of course. And he said, you, you, you are not a transgender. And he said, why are you doing this? And I explained to him that I felt strongly about it and we felt there should be entertainment that puts this message in front of the public. And he, he looked at me, he, she, sorry, I want to make sure my pronouns are correct, <laughs> looked at me and said, and he actually got tears in the eyes and said, I just want to thank you. He said, you, you, mm. you, thank you for doing this. He said, this is my, I've lived a life like this. And he said, to have some kind of support out there means everything. And I went back to yeah. Ted and Kirk and I said, guys, I don't care what it takes. <laughs> We're going to make this work because this is yeah. important. Yeah. It is, it is. And, you know, my sense is, is that by the time it gets to the point of, of production, that it'll be, you know, very fine-tuned, you know, and, and and it'll be, you know, even 
as valid and as important as it is as it is right now. Um, because theater well, is also uh, a creative mm-hmm. a creative work of everyone. Uh, I, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people may not. I'm sure they do realize it. That that that's one of the things I love about live theater. Everyone makes an input, whether it's the the set designer, the lighting person, you know, it's it's not just the famous actor or the directors. It it is everyone making contributions and adding things and saying, wait, why don't I say this here and changing it? And it's it's like this little magic process that takes place. And I've watched that happen with this, and I know it'll continue. And I'm I'm very excited for it to continue. Yes. This is not the end. Absolutely. <laughs> no, thank goodness. Well, we're we're about halfway through the show, John. I want to take just a quick break, and I do want to invite listeners, if you want to call in and ask John any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them there. Um, and then when we come back, John, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the the Reverend. <laughs> and, uh, okay. That particular character. The, okay. The right Reverend Bobby Swagger, right? Okay. <laughs> the right Reverend. Uh, okay. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website. ByteRadio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today my special guest is John Arthur Long, and we are talking about his newest creation, Dragula, a transgender Uh, You can find out more about John by visiting his website, johnarthurlong.com, and you can find out more about Dragula by visiting draculaatransgendertale.com. Okay, with that, we're back, John. I'm here. Okay, so right Reverend Bobby Swagger. (laughs) We're going to set the stage for a character. (laughs) Every drama needs an antagonist. Antagonist and protagonist. <laughs> Every story, ever creation, you've, you've got to have the antagonist. So he said, okay, what we need here is that narrow viewpoint that says we're right and you're wrong. 
And Mm -hmm. we said, let's make the antagonist feel that any deviation from what he considers to be normal is sinful, and then we will have our main character go up against that and prove to him that that is incorrect. And that's really the the thrust of the entire plot line. And these two confront each other over and over and over until, I don't want to give away the climax, but (laughs) Reverend Swagger finally comes to realize that it is equality of all and tolerance of all that is probably the most important aspect of being Mm -hmm. kind to each other and understanding each other. And that maybe he did have a narrow viewpoint. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. (laughs) There's hope. (laughs) I think that it's good to be able to send send that out there. Um, But uh, right now, I I just want to clarify. I want to be sure that I don't offend Mm -hmm. anyone here in the, the wrong manner. This is not against religion. This is not, you know, because mm-hmm. he's the right Reverend Bobby Swagger, uh, you know, the, the kind of grassroots evangelist type. This is not against religion. This show, it, there's a tendency for people to think, oh, it's a, against religion. It is not. It is against intolerance from any narrowness of viewpoint against another aspect. You know, we have had this type of inability to live with each other. I don't want to get off in a soapbox here. <laughs> But, you know, forever, there have have been Mm -hmm. wars, there have been deaths, there have been crusades, there have been, we still have religions against other religions, and people are saying, no, my way is the right, no, my way is the right way. And and our, our whole point here is just using these two antagonists and protagonists to confront each other to, to realize that we are all one being here, that all are human beings and must be tolerant of each other. And that's really Bobby Swagger's narrow viewpoint of it all being sinful allowed us to pursue that, you know. Like he has one song of walking the straight and narrow, you know, that that's the only <laughs> way to live. <laughs> and then it, well. in the end, we take that very song and trains it and change it around and use the same melody after he gains insight into what should be the correct way and he sings it in an entirely different way. Ah, good, As a matter good, of fact, good, good. I had to, I had to do that portrayal and and I had to go to my daughter and say, who the opera singer and I said, listen, Danny, you you've got to help me here because I have to sing not only as Bobby Swagger but I have to sing as this transition individual. And she said, okay, so don't use so much diaphragmatic breathing and make sure that you, you know, sing wow. from the upper portion of your head. <laughs> she really helped me out, as <laughs> you'll hear in that, that final song. She helped me to change over the vocal quality. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, brought it up that it was not, you know, anti-religion. I mean, you know, the, you know because, well, you know, when I... I'm kind of. I was born and raised in New York. Lived most of my adult life in California, and now I'm living in South Carolina. <laughs> so, so um, you know the the um, attitudes um, you know around this particular area, very religious area, and you know very homophobic, transphobic, you know all of, all all of the phobic, phobic really. Um, that uh, right. And and it's it's. Um, 
you know, I have had discussions with, with people trying to pose a different perspective. And, and some, sometimes that dogma is just deep, you know, and, and, um, and it's, it can be a challenge to try and chip, well, I don't say chip away, but, but to, to make it transformative, you know, which it sounds like um, Dragula is all about. I, I know exactly what you mean. And in their climactic scene, they keep going back and forth because he said, can't you accept? He said, perhaps the God you worship is he and she. Perhaps, it, you know, perhaps we're all. And he said, no, you're wrong. It can only be this way. <laughs> and, you know, and Dragon says, no, why can't it be always? And they, they, you know, they go through that very argument because we were trying to illustrate that it is difficult for people, even in a discussion, to see eye to eye and work through their own feelings and their own opinions. It's you know that's 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 where we are right now. We're all going through that and continue to go through it. But yeah. we've made small steps. Yeah. We've made small tiny steps forward. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. I would say you know a few steps forward, maybe six, seven years ago, and. You know, eight steps back over the last four years, but um, what, what, one of the things here I am getting political. I shouldn't be doing that. Um, I know but, my wife told know, me what, before what, I started. She said, "John, do not get political in this interview." <laughs> and I just usually don't, you know. But I mean, you know, because it's, you know, I, I respect everyone's right to, to believe, you know, what it is that they want to believe. But um, exactly, but and we, that's you know, my point. That's that's you know, the point of all of yeah. this. Allow yeah. people to believe what they want to believe, you know? Live and let mm-hmm. live. Let's all be tolerant of each other. You're exactly right. That's the point. Very good, yeah. Robert. So what, what, do you, um, what do you hope that um, the, the Dragula audiobook and upcoming future production, um, what, are, what are your hopes for it, you know, with, with regard to impact? I hope that it does two things, entertains in a way that people really feel that they've had an enjoyable experience, and we found in the readings that they they laughed, they applauded, they were very enthusiastic, but I also hope that the message is carried through, and I know it's almost impossible to change minds and but it's not impossible to have people think and say you know what i i have kind of a a better understanding because of this you know if we've been able through the audiobook or through the production to show in an in a in in the illustrative way what people have experienced then perhaps in watching it or listening to the audiobook and one of the people who talked to me about it because I've uh, as you can imagine I have gotten responses on this <laughs> I've gotten many many responses and mm-hmm. one of the one of the things was I had someone say to me you know I really I really was able to see something that I hadn't I hadn't really considered or thought about and that's that's really to me that's oh that's wonderful that you know that's terrific that's one of the main things I hope comes out of it all yeah so I hope you I know, answered your question um, there oh you did you did you did yeah thank you and 
you know, a couple times during the show, you know, we, you were talking pronouns, <laughs> you know, him, her. Uh, one, I think one of the things that people who aren't around transgender people, um, one of the things that kind of is confusing is pronouns, you know, and, you know, what, what's appropriate, you know, what, what can I, what do I say not to offend? You know, so, you know, in, in your process of, you know, bringing people together for this and, and recognizing that, you know, even during today's show that it's kind of like you want to make sure we get this right. Um, what, what did you learn about that? You know, for, for people listening, if they want to engage with someone who is transgender, I mean, do we start with yeah, how do I refer to you? Um, yes, know, and the, the answer is the only, I only know, I only have insight into this because I have been dealing with it for several years now, and I have spoken mm-hmm. to, you know, several of the cast people, LGBTQIA+, and saying, okay, how can we deal with this? How do, how, do we, how do we function with this? Because some prefer she, some prefer he, she, they, them. How would you like us to proceed, and how should we, as the I want to be the representative of people who support and care and want to help convey the message of how we all handle this. And, and, and you know what the answer was? Just be empathetic, you know, just be mm. understanding and be respectful. And, and that's it to each other. Mm. That was the answer okay. that I got from people, you know, as, as you can imagine, as an English teacher, you know, uh, I had trouble oh, yeah. with the with the original transition of not using he and she for for even writing, you know, and I, I watched it all disintegrate into using they as a singular instead of a plural. <laughs> we went through that whole that whole transition with with women's lib, which is great. You know, English is a transitional living language. And I know there are many English people who say, no, you can't use they when it's singular. And we know that even in news and in writing now, that's what happens with they. So we're in transition with this living language. And I believe as long as we show respect for the the feelings that people have and for the way they wish to be referred to, that it will work its way through into an accepted form for everyone. And I yeah. hope I, you yeah. know, because I have thought about a this a lot. Of transitioning, you know? <laughs> a whole lot of transitioning going on. Right. Yeah. And in terms of writing, yeah. it, 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 it becomes very difficult, you know, and, and we went through that process. Are we always going to use it as a he, she? Are we going to use it as a they, them? And our decision was that, since our main protagonist was in transition, we started out mm-hmm. with that person which was a he, and then we transitioned into she, and whenever we did chapters that were within her thoughts, it was always mm. feminine because she had made that transition. So that's mm. the way we handled it, because she had started out... As a male, you know, the, the name is Peter, yeah. and because of her inner need to become who she always felt she was as a human being, she made the transition and she became Patricia. 
So whenever we had inner thoughts in the audio book from her viewpoint, it was always as Patricia. And then when she, you know, talked to people and, and then talked about the fact that she had gone through transition, people realized it. And we, Roy was, Roy Yokelson, I cannot say enough about this engineer. He he used moments where she, you know, when she says to everyone proudly, "I am woman." He has people cheering on the audio book and and clapping and applauding, and you, you almost get chills with her. You know, she says it, "I am woman now," and there's this huge applause and cheering from the uh, from the people within the club, and it's it's really a, a wonderful moment. I I owe Roy a lot for the way he put all that together. As I said, I owe many, many people. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I I was saying no. That you know that it's wonderful to have you know that uh, resource available. You know to have someone to be able to do that because I mean again, like we said, you know, in in these particular forums when live performances aren't going on, um, you know, you have to resort to a whole lot of creativity and and uh, now. What would you what would you say to someone that you obviously you're a writer so and this was a topic that you hadn't written on um, from what I looked at before so how if someone out there wants to write but they you know they 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 don't have maybe they have like you had that little I need to do something or this is something I want to you know I can do I, I want to get a message out there. But but I don't know much about it. Um, how about you know the idea of someone tackling writing about something with which they're really not familiar but feel drawn to do? I know it's the old you know in every creative writing course you ever hear it's write about what you know, and I understand that now you're moving into a topic where it's what you don't know. Okay. And the answer that I followed, I can only speak for myself, is Mm -hmm. to immerse yourself in a situation where you can learn. And that was probably one of the most, you know, I was very fortunate that I could have a reader's theater in front of a live audience and work with LGBTQI plus individuals who were supportive and we were all you know we sat in the room with the script and went over and over things before we we must have i owe kirk goskowski in the chain theater tremendously because we didn't just put this on we sat in a studio and looked at that script and went over it and we stopped and said to each individual okay where are we here? Help us. You know, how do you feel about this line? Do you think that this line is correct? Is it sincere? Is it authentic? You see, we were really lucky to have that kind of an input from people. And they did help us. They said, look, this one's over the line. This, you guys don't understand this. Mm. And we said, okay, great. Let's change it. This is, help us with this input. We want this to be as authentic as possible. So the answer for us was, you know, to incorporate all the individuals who could help us, you know, produce what we needed. And that's, that's how we approached it. And, you know, the whole key here is no ego, you know, Mm. like, and Kirk, the the director and the producer at the chain and I, we, 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 we talked about this, like, you know, we just, 
it's so easy to say no. I'm, we and even Ted Castrinos, who helped me come up with this, we all said, let's back off. Let's get off this. Do not. We're not right. This is going to be an evolving process where we all grow and learn just as we want the people who watch it to grow and learn. And we're kind of all doing this together. And it comes back to that old story of just try to understand and, you know, help us all learn how to get together. And yeah. I don't want to yeah. get off on uh, some box here. <laughs> no, 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 that's great. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, because you know, trying to educate, you know, and entertain, um, on an issue like transgender um, can be just, it can be just so difficult. Um, But see, that's why our antagonists worked for us, like the right Reverend Bobby Swagger. Mm -hmm. We allowed him to do the preaching, and then we were able to come back to the preaching and say, no, there needs to be more understanding. And that character as an antagonist really helped us get away with that. Because yeah, we well, weren't but, preaching, yeah. he was preaching, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which they do very well. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah. but uh, well, you know, I, I think you know it's just one of those things where I think you know, in, in just in today's world, that that you know, like you talked about the hate crime that kind of spurred, you know, that sparked the you know the germinate there was the germination for this particular project, you know. Those kinds of things are just happening so much more frequently, and they're See, just that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, right. This was years ago when we started this, and it's still happening over and over and over. Yeah, and it just yeah, uh, it just saddens me. I, I know, as I know, as Sherry told you, you know, I feel really strong. See, I'm I almost get choked up thinking about it. You know, because it's can't we mm-hmm. all just be tolerant of each other? Anyway, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it drives me crazy why people, you know, feel that they have to be right and that their way is the only way. And it's just like, oh God, no. You know, there's seven billion people and seven billion different ways of looking at things. You know, <laughs> kind of. Um, and let me just but, say here, I just want to interrupt you for a second. Mm-hmm. I want to say mm-hmm. that people like you, and I'm not just saying this to compliment you. I really appreciate the fact that something like Bringing Inspiration to Earth by Robert Sharp, you know, you're helping people get the messages that they feel are important out to the public. And I really appreciate people who do these podcasts, you know, you are to be admired for helping the public to to get the message from all of these people i've i've listened to several of your programs and they're 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 very very good because you sense the sincerity these people have with with what they've created and many of them have strong feelings my wife is a is a nurse and a, an energetic healer and she listened to a couple of your oh. programs that had to do with the astrological uh learning and healing and forgiving yourself these things are terrific. This is what needs to be out there for people to respond to. And so, I just before we run out of time, and I want to make sure I did this. <laughs> I, you know, she mentioned this to me. We want to give you a thank you. Thank you for putting this kind of a show on the air. You know, that helps well, well, everyone to convey that. it in this in this world because it's so complex. Yeah. You know, and if it weren't for you, we wouldn't have the opportunity to get to an audience and convey these yeah. messages. Yeah. 
yeah, worldwide now. <laughs> we're, you know, we can, we're all over the world. Um, you know, I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You know, and the, the one thing that I have learned in the 11 years that I've done this is just that I have, first of all, I have so much um, appreciation for people who put themselves out there. I've, I've there, you know, there are many, many people who have gone through tragedies and and can you know choose to just you know kind of live with them within themselves. Um, but there are so many people who then you know take the tragedy and turn it into. Um, a cause, um, a, an educational kinds of, a kind of um, experience, um, maybe right, to even right. help, you know, keep something, you know, a memory going on. And um, and it's, um, it, I know, you know, there are people who have been on on the show who have had blowback, you know, from you know people around them for for putting things out there. And and um, so it takes a lot. Of yeah, I understand what you're I, saying, right? You know, yeah, yeah, and um, so and you know, and it's, and it's wonderful for people like you, who you know, you have a. By the way, you have a wonderful voiceover voice. Uh, so that you know, it really. Is, oh, thank you. you know, the voice made for radio. <laughs> but um, but uh, but we know anyway, we know when we yeah. take a controversial yeah. subject and take a stand that there will be blowback. I mean, it's without question, right. you know, that it will happen. But as I've tried to, and my my children are kind of in agreement with me, thankfully, you know, sometimes if you feel <laughs> strongly about things, it's important to take a stand, you know. Right. And the stand yeah. here is be tolerant of each other. <laughs> it's a good, it's yeah. a good stand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I, I agree 100%. So, well, well, this has really been a, a wonderful chat, John. I, I really I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Um, this is I enjoyed listening to Dragula. Uh, you know, I, if I were back in New York, I, I'll kind of keep my eye open for when that comes uh, comes on to uh, into production. It would be I think it'd be a wonderful, a fun thing to, to visit and, and do there. So. Any any upcoming projects beyond this, or, or are you kind of still focused on honing the Dragula story? Well, actually, this is going pretty well. We uh, Roy Yokelson, who was the engineer, and I mentioned of Antland Productions, he and I have been nominated mm-hmm. with Dragula Transgender Tale for the Voice Arts Awards, which is it's always in L.A. I, I'm I'm sure you're aware of that, but now be, it's going to be virtual this year, and it's December the 20th, mm-hmm. and uh, we've gotten four nominations, so we're kind of excited about that. I got a nomination for Best Author Narrator and also for the Best Fiction, and Roy got a nomination for Best Sound Design and Best Producer of an Audiobook. So we have uh, you know four nominations there, so we're kind of excited about the December 20th Voice Arts Awards, which is going to be streamed live, and now we're working on a new audiobook. So uh, we have, uh, I have several novels, and this one uh, is about finding the grave of Eve in Africa. It's called, uh, you know, the the Gates of Eden, where they go back to Africa and search for Eve's grave. And I have all kinds of little interesting moralistic things going on there in that safari book. So that's what we're working on right now. <laughs> Wow, that sounds exciting. <laughs> it sounds great. Well, I'm going to mark my calendar for the um, the Voice Arts Awards to make sure <laughs> that I uh, check and see uh, who the winners are going to be. And I really hope that I'll be pulled for you there for that. 
um, you and Roy as well. So well, I, I really wanted to thank you for your time. Now, you're on Facebook, right? So people, if they're on, they use Facebook, they can connect with you there, Absolutely. Correct? Yes, we've created a page. Right. Uh, Dragula Transgender Tale is on Facebook. And we're also on Instagram and Twitter. And we're on Great. YouTube. I have I have several videos on YouTube explaining what Dragula Transgender Tale is and the reasons for it and how it was created. And, uh, you know, we're also on the Internet with www.johnarthurlong or dragulatransgendertale.com. So we well, have used perfect. social media. <laughs> Great. Well, I will be sure to connect with you on all of those platforms as I am on them, too so that we can keep in touch. So I really wanted to thank you for your time today, John. Thank you. It's a wonderful conversation. And once again, thank you for what you do. I appreciate that also. Thank you. Very nice talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. And tell your wife that I appreciate her comments and and that you did okay with the politics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we avoid it. We're okay. Uh, We're good. Tolerance for all. That's the message. That's (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet. Again, everyone, today, my special guest has been John Arthur Long. We've been talking about his creation, along with contributors from all around, Dragula, a transgender tale. Um, Again, you can find out more by visiting John's website, johnarthurlong.com, or the website, www.dragulaatransgendertale.com. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Byte Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.